Welcome to The Receptive Life. We're learning how to fight against the unholy trinity, to defend ourselves with the promises that come from the person and the work of Jesus, but also learning how to receive all of the gifts that can only come from the hands of the triune God. Now, The Receptive Life is not about a performance, but rather about a reception. So it's not about what we do, our works, but rather it's about getting to those places where uh, the triune God has promised to do his work. And there we receive uh, specifically the finished work of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And then we live out of that each, each day. So the daily practice uh, I've taught you is about six different stations. Station one, you make the sign of the cross, the Trinitarian invocation upon uh, you, upon your family, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Station two, the evening and morning prayer. Station three, a time of confession, a life of repentance. Uh, that's the mark of the Christian. Station four, uh, reading the scripture, studying them, memorizing, meditating upon them uh, with the promise that they are the living and active word of God. And when we go to the scriptures, God promises to do his work and give his gifts. Station five is about commending the day, uh, the night as we sleep into the Lord's hands. As the psalmist says, it's good. It's good to praise the Lord in the morning uh, to speak of his love, uh, but then also to speak of his faithfulness at night. And then station six is the doxology, acknowledging that all blessings come from God. And then going about our day or lying down to, to rest, to sleep with the blessing of God upon us. Now we do that uh, each day. Now to uh, complement that and to learn more about the six chief parts or the core uh, the foundation of the Christian faith, we're beginning to learn now about the weekly practice, right? So corresponding to the seven days of the week, Monday, the Ten Commandments, Tuesday, the Creed, Wednesday, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, on Thursday, we can uh, focus and meditate upon our baptism. On Friday, uh, the office of the keys, this life of repentance and receiving the forgiveness of sins that comes uh, through the finished work of Jesus. Uh, Saturday, uh, uh, focus on the sacrament of the altar, the Lord's Supper. A good way to prepare yourselves to go to the Lord's Day, uh, the first day of the week, uh, to receive the sacrament. And then on uh, Sunday, uh, a focus on your calling or your Christian vocation. So we're going to be talking now in a series of videos about each of those stations. So the first station is going to be the Ten Commandments. And um, I'm going to connect each of these stations uh, throughout the week, uh, again, with a little verse that comes from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is really the basis for understanding that the Christian life is about prayer, meditation, uh, the daily troubles of life. And those three themes uh, cycle through uh, Psalm 119. So the little connecting verse from the daily practice to Station 7, the Ten Commandments, would be Psalm 119, verse 32. Um, you could prepare to meditate upon the Ten Commandments by saying, I like to think of it, you know, 
say seven different times. Again, no rule. Um, you know, there's not a right way or wrong way to do this. But I found that if you repeat it a number of different times, now um, it begins to do its work on you. So you could think about, I'm going to this station, the Ten Commandments, and this little verse from Psalm 119 says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. And that just prepares you to think about um, what you're going to meditate on um, on this uh, on this day, Monday, uh, which would be uh, the station of the Ten Commandments. Now, to enter into the Ten Commandments, I'm going to give you a question. And the question is this. So what does love have to do with the Ten Commandments? Well, in Matthew chapter 22, uh, the multitudes are hearing the teaching of Jesus. They're astonished at it. These Pharisees come, and when they heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gather themselves together, and one of them, uh, a lawyer, asks a question uh, to test Jesus. And the question is this, verse 36. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus responds to him. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he says, this is the first and the great commandment. And then he says, a second is like it, or like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, the whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. And what he has, uh, what Jesus has done in responding is he has uh, quoted Deuteronomy 6, 5 and Leviticus 19, verse 18. And so uh, the Pharisee, the lawyer, tries to test him, and Jesus responds, by quoting the scriptures. And the essence of his response is love. Love for God and love for neighbor. Now you could break that down further in the Ten Commandments. So love for God would be commandments 1 through 3. Love for neighbor would be commandments 4 through 10. And there are, just so we're aware, different ways to number the commandments. Uh, Some would number the commandments uh, concerning God, uh, commandments 1 through 4. And then commandments 5 through 10, they would say, would correspond toward loving the neighbor. In my tradition, the Lutheran Church, uh, we summarize the love for God in the first three commandments. We uh, combine those together. Thou shalt have no other gods. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And remember the Sabbath day. And then 4 through 10, we would talk about love for for the neighbor. Uh, Don't kill. Don't commit uh, adultery. Don't steal. Uh, don't uh, defame another's name. And then we would have two that would talk about coveting. So here's here's how uh, my tradition would number the commandments. So no worries again. Um, they're all, uh, all the same in terms of content. Maybe just the numbering is a bit different. So the first three, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That speaks of love for God. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Uh, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. And then thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his cattle, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. That speaks then, we would say, of the second table of the law, uh, the love for the neighbor. Now, to discuss the commandments a little bit further, I, 
I find it helpful to use metaphors, uh, two metaphors specifically, that of uh, a spiritual diagnosis of sickness and what does health look like, but also the metaphor of fences. Um, don't to trespass, right? That's what a fence says. Uh, fences around uh, love for God and love for neighbor. What does, uh, you know, what does a fence do? It keeps things in, protects them, and keeps things out, right? So uh, these two metaphors. The first one being this metaphor of a spiritual diagnosis, seeing the Ten Commandments um, as going to, to a doctor, a spiritual doctor. And there the doctor examines uh, you, maybe takes uh, some tests, asks questions. There's an assessment of your health. Then um, reflecting back on those tests and that assessment, uh, there's a diagnosis of a malady. Something's wrong. The test shows that there's a irregularity, that something needs to be um, addressed, paid attention to, that there's markers of something uh, there that should be really uh, dealt with. Um, and then uh, as you talk to the doctor and you ask the question, so what can we do about this? He'll, he'll make a, a diagnosis, but then he'll say, here's, here's the medicine, here's the, here's the cure, here's the course of action. And then uh, afterwards saying, well, if we do this, then uh, that will lead to um, a healthy a healthy life. And so think of going to the Ten Commandments as, as going to uh, a doctor, a spiritual doctor, and to have the truth you know, be told to you about spiritual health, but also to promise you that there is medicine, that there is uh, life, there is cure, that there is a healthy way also to live. So the triune God is the perfect law giver. We look at his Ten Commandments and uh, we might go to a doctor and not like to hear what that doctor says. And we might say to that doctor, well, I'm going to get a second opinion or you don't know what you're talking about. But when we go to the Ten Commandments, uh, the triune God is this perfect law giver. Uh, these are not up for right discussion, but rather um, they are God's uh, truth to us. Something outside of ourselves, something objective that we look at. And we don't uh, change them, right? But rather, we are to be changed by them. The triune God gives us this, this law. And then he says, this is what you are to do. Love me, but also love the neighbor. But you'll find that as you go through these Ten Commandments, uh, the, the sickness will be revealed. The malady will be there. Um, now, what is the cure? What is the solution? This, this is always what we need to keep in mind. It's not to try harder to keep the commandments, but to receive the diagnosis that we are sick according to the objective um, law of God, to, to acknowledge that. But then to say there's medicine, there is a cure here in the person of Jesus, our brother in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity, takes on human flesh, and he becomes the perfect law keeper. Now, this law keeper uh, isn't now just a model for us to, uh, to follow and to, to try harder, but this, this one who takes on human flesh and keeps the law perfectly for us does it for a reason. 
He does it so that he can take our sin upon himself, the wage of sin being death, going to the cross, paying the punishment for that sin on our behalf, and exchange for that, then he gives to us, the Bible calls it his righteousness. So Jesus is the perfect law keeper, active in his obedience, right? Doing uh, the work that we cannot do, uh, so that then he is the perfect sacrifice as well to go to the cross to take our sin upon himself. So Second Corinthians says it this way, For him who knew no sin, he made to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, you think about the pure, spotless Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, the sacrifice of uh, the Old Testament, the Day of Atonement. Well, Jesus is that Lamb of God. Our sin is placed upon him. The wage of sin uh, is death. He pays that, and he rises again on the third day. And so, uh, for us then to receive the gift of the finished work of Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, the forgiveness of of sins. Now, to think about the second metaphor is to think about it as a fence line. So the Ten Commandments, uh, think of the word trespass. And there's some, you know, words that go on a sign, right, on a fence, danger, stop, you know, don't go, you know, don't go there, uh, no. Uh, But inside the fence line is also some, think of it this way as, Um, threats and warnings on the outside, but also promises on the inside. Do this. This is a yes. Uh, Start this. There's blessing uh, residing within the fence line. And so, uh, regrettably, the Ten Commandments are are generally just thought through in in terms of negative prohibitions. Don't. Stop. You know, um, danger. No. But we're going to find that Yes, those negative things are there in terms of uh, a prohibition, but there's also promises uh, and blessings. Uh, No to that, but yes to something better. Stop that, yes, but start something better. Um, Don't do that, yes, but do this. And in doing those things, there's a promise that there will also be be, um, a blessing. And so think of it as a, a fence line. Now, within that fence line, again, it's always love. Love for God. God alone, love, you know, love him, fear him, trust him in him above all things. Uh, keep his name holy. Uh, receive his gifts uh, in the Sabbath day. Uh, these are, uh, this is the first table. The second table uh, puts a fence line about around our neighbor. Love, love the, the neighbor. The estates of family and authorities and church and our life, our physical bodies, Um, marriage, impurity, our possessions, reputation, uh, guarding our heart with contentment. So again, Jesus responds to the the question, what's the greatest commandment? He says, well, love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and uh, your mind. That's the great uh, commandment, the first commandment. And then he says, the second is like it, you shall love the neighbor as yourself. So this station, this first station, a Monday reflection would be uh, the Ten Commandments. Again, you, you get yourself there thinking about, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. There's that picture again, that within the fence line, 
there is freedom. There is great, great blessing. We go beyond that fence line and uh, there is uh, death and there is uh, danger. Um, and so God protects, protects us. So we pause at this station on a Monday and you can spend time meditating upon the Ten Commandments. Think of it again as spiritual diagnosis, you know, um, the doctor saying to us, where is that sickness? Where is the malady? What is the cure? Always again being the person and work of Jesus. Think about the fences that God uh, has placed around us. And he says, don't trespass, right? Uh, not just in a negative way so that we see that always in a negative light, but as a blessing. So stop doing that in order to start something better, an invitation to live um, in, in a way that brings life. So what, what's love got to do with it? Stop and start. Don't and do. No and yes. And you'll find this in the pattern of uh, the Ten Commandments. As Martin Luther writes, he'll say something like, uh, we should not curse, swear, use witchcraft, lie, or deceive by his name. But do what? Call upon it in every trouble. Pray, praise, and give thanks. So a negative, don't do this. A positive, but, you know, you're invited to do this. Call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. Again, let's always look at it through uh, the lens of the person and work of Jesus, the gospel. So the triune God is the lawgiver. Uh, if you have to spend any time at all on the Ten Commandments, you'll see that you have failed to love God, failed to love the neighbor. We're spiritually sick. What's the cure? Well, the cure is another. The work of another. Jesus is the perfect law keeper. He is the one who uh, keeps the law on our behalf. An innocent Lamb of God then goes to the cross and sin, our sin, is placed upon him. And he dies for it. Uh, he rises on the third day and he gives to us, as the scriptures would say, his righteousness. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Always keep this in your mind as you meditate upon the scriptures. Uh, verse 21. For him who knew no sin... He made to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. <laughs>